Are there subjects like race that you just simply avoid talking about because you're afraid you're going to mess it up? Well, we are having that uncomfortable conversation. Elaine shared with me that when you feel that anxiety creeping up with inside you, it means you're alive and that you care. So please stick around and enjoy the show. Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because I have Miss Elaine Williams. She's a video and visibility coach, and she's going to help us get our message out because today we're having the uncomfortable conversation. So, Miss Elaine, tell us what is a video and visibility coach? Okay, well, hi, Tanya. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Can I call you T? Yes, is that okay? yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend who's a Dr. Denise Dennis, so I just call her D because I'm like, that is too, I can't, so. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I think like so many, you, you know, you've shared a little bit of your story, how you've evolved, and I thought I was going to be a speaker coach because that's what I've done for 15 years and I've been performing my whole life, and then I realized that's what, when Facebook Live was coming out, people were like even more scared of live video because it's like, ha. Ah. And then what I, what I came to realize as I worked with more and more people, that everybody has what I call a visibility block. We all have our comfort zones. But, you know, if Oprah called and said, can you be on my thing tomorrow? I would be freaked. You know, most of us would be like, oh, my God, right? Like it's, so whenever you get to the next level, that's when imposter syndrome shows up again too, right? And, and I'm sorry about the bird. <laughs> he, was, he was underlining what I just said. <laughs> make sure you heard that <laughs> <laughs> never a dull moment with video right but um so what I realized is I was teaching camera skills 101 here's the warm-ups here's the lighting the angle but if you most people have an inner block and I think it's part of our DNA you know in the old days if you stood up boldly in the tribe and you stood up and spoke and people didn't agree with you you could get kicked out of the tribe and right. we've had various forms of that and unfortunately still do. And so I think that's one reason people have that fear of speaking in public. There is a, a, a vulnerability. And, you know, I've been performing my whole life. And yet sometimes after I've been giving and teaching, I'll have that feeling of like, because I don't get the applause, like when I'm doing comedy, right? So it's that feeling of like, oh my God, I just shared my soul. Ugh. It can feel really weird. So I, I help people learn how to deal with that because I used to go to auditions all the time and you never know, you never get response. So you have to learn how to create closure for yourself. So that's part of what I do with my training is some inside tips to you know help you feel like, okay, I just bared my soul. I was vulnerable. I was authentic. How can I now take care of myself? You know, there's so many things that go into it. Right, right. I, and I know with all the stuff that's going on today, we really, when we connected today, um, we were really talking about, because your company is called Capture the Crowd, right? Captivate the Crowd. Captivate the Crowd. And so you really, you, you stand out to me because we were talking about our doing our pre, pre-call interview and you were willing to have this uncomfortable conversation. So it sort of really goes into 
really what you do coaching wise and being able to talk about these things like now. So it's like, we're, we're talking about the, the racist, um, or I guess should say the um, injustice that's being um, portrayed out there today. So you brought a perspective to me that I never even thought about. And I, I mean, I can't, I can't ex explain from your perspective, but would you be willing to share a little bit more about how we, we came to this conclusion that we were going to talk about the uncomfortable conversation and what is it? Absolutely. And, and thank you so much, you know, for having me and for being a safe space because, you know, I preach be authentic, be vulnerable, and it takes courage. And I keep like hoping for a magic pill that I'm just going to get to a place where I'm, and I, you know, I taught um, a workshop yesterday and I was so nervous. So, but I always tell my students, it means you're alive. It means you care. Nobody died from being too nervous. You know, maybe you'll eat some potato chips or something. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of person, I, I'm coming up on 20 years of sobriety and I have learned, I have a special gift for talking. I had eating disorders, drug, alcohol, and also so a sexual assault victim, survivors. And, and so those are heavy topics. And I feel like God, I feel like I was put on the planet to have these experiences so that I could heal myself and because I'm such a strong person because of what I went through with, with my childhood and my family, that because I could share my story, I could hopefully then help others to heal their lives. Because, you know, you know, the stats are crazy. One out of every three women are assaulted, one out of every six men, and they don't talk about it. So anyway, so I've always been interested in having challenging conversations. And I'm a white girl from Texas. I have spent a lifetime trying to prove that I'm not racist. I, I, I've dated men of color. I was engaged to a guy from Guatemala and who's a mix of, you know, and, and I'm in the theater. One reason I love theater is because there's always sort of a, a big gang of misfits right. and all different races, at least the theater I've participated in. And when I, you know, because of everything that's happening, he, he said, yes. <laughs> he said, <laughs> like go, go for it, go for it. <laughs> And so what I've been coming up, bumping up against is, um, you know, my, I've, I've been feeling a lot of shame this summer and I've had moments where I, I, I'm having memories of when I wish I had been kinder or times when I wish I had reached out more, um, whether it was in college, my speaking stuff or with friends. Um, I have been in many situations where I was the only white girl. Like I was in a dance company and I was like the worst dancer, but they were desperate and it was modern, and, and I loved it. I, I learned so much, and I was like the white girl who like was so stiff, and they accepted me and loved on me, and working in restaurants, I've always had friends of color, and I was always like trying to teach people English so that they could get a better job and make more money, so it's a part of who I am, and this summer, I've really bumped up against, my life is still pretty white, and and the, I never realized that I had privilege, and and there's a part of me that's like, I feel ashamed that I've been this ignorant. Right. And so I'm trying to share my story in hopes that it will inspire other white women to, to take action. And I, and I love it. Like I, I'm in like three different book groups. We're having conversations. We're having panelings. It's black women, white women. Um, we're having all different kinds of things. People are doing conversations in synagogues in Long Island. My sister works for a very conservative law firm in Dallas. She has been desperately trying to bring diversity to this place for years. 
they're having a whole online discussion thing, which may not sound like, you know, if you've been dealing with this, you may be like, who cares? But I feel like it's a huge start. And, and so I also want to hopefully model that as we educate ourselves, as we have these discussions, we also stay in action, whatever that means. Like I'm not going to the protest because I'm so busy and I'm, I work with people who are um, elderly and I just need to honor that but I'm signing petitions, I'm, I'm spreading information, I'm, I'm trying to have as many conversations as possible because I think that, that is how we change things, T, you know? Right. Um, the average, I can't speak for everybody, but I think I grew up middle class, we didn't have money, we did, we didn't, um, but we never really talked about race. Um, I went to a very mixed high school in Dallas and everything's very segregated. And even though Austin, I lived there for 10 years, very cool city, very segregated. And, and to me, that's one of the horrific and opportunities to, you know, to shift this. Like Austin has this magical reputation as this really cool place, yet it is one of the most segregated cities in America. And I'm, I've heard that that is the case for several other places. So I, you know, and I've also been present to like the loss, the loss. The, the black voices we haven't heard, the, the art that I truly, one reason I moved to New York is I want to be around all different people. I love the subway where you're sitting next to like a Hasidic guy, a chick from Puerto Rico, like you're smashed up. You know, I went to AA meetings. I'd sit next to the CEO and a homeless person. Like, I love that. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to move up here for that diversity. Right. And I realized I could have been doing a lot more, you know, I'm like, I came late to the party, but I'm here. And, and, you know, and, and what I'm hoping is maybe you can help give me some language because I certainly don't want to offend. And I think it's important to acknowledge, like I, I knew it was, I knew my sister and I always talked about, it's hard to not be white. That is just a statement, well, you right? Can't, you can't not get, you are white. I mean, so it's like me saying I can't be black because I'm black because that's what I am. So. Right. I mean, and I, I'm like, my mom's albino, my dad's a redhead. I'm lucky it didn't come out clear. Like, I'm white. <laughs> and, and, and to me, if we can laugh and go, yeah, there's some, bit, some horrific things and there's been progress and there's more. When we can bring laughter to it, we can remember to breathe. Because at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. And maybe that's grandiose or, or rose-colored glasses, but like we're on this planet together and we got to step it up, not just with the racial thing, but with the climate. Or, right. or, or, you know, I don't have kids, but I'm worried about my nieces and nephews. Right. What are they inheriting, right? And so, you know, I want I want to keep having conversations because I think that is where things change. And I, I've been thinking about, you know, I, I was, I had three addictions, whatever. And, and so I've, I've done a lot of talking about mothers against drunk driving and how, you know, things happen and we look the other way in society. People used to go, oh yeah, the cops would follow my dad home. You know, people would drive drunk, people would die and everyone just kind of looked the other way. You know, we just, it was sort of like socially. Mm. And then finally one mother in Florida her son, I can't remember if he was 19 or 21, he died because of a drunk driver and she was like, enough. 
Right. And she stood up and I love it that she was a mother and she stood up and was like, no more. And this was in, I think the late seventies, early eighties. And she started a movement that has now, and they changed legislature. They, they have changed the culture, what is accepted. It is no longer cool to drive drunk. They have the whole thing about give me your keys and blah, blah, blah. And these women went to work. They had to lobby legislators. They had to, and the liquor lobbies, oh my gosh. Liquor is the most widely produced, advertised drug in the world, right? right? So, and I think, I think alcohol is like money. It's, it's neutral. If you respect it, it's cool. And some people can't, I can't have any, whatever. And I'm, I get it. Like some industries, their whole thing is wine, but they change the culture, you know? And so right. that's what I'm hoping all of these conversations can be like, you know what? No more. Like there's that book, how to be an anti-racist. And so anyway, that's, I'm kind of coming with a lot of stuff at you today, but um, well, I'm, that's I, what I'm hoping. I really, I, I like I said, it's, it's, it's a conversation I probably needed to have, but again, even on my end, it's, it's con- uncomfortable. You know, you still got to have, a, I mean, not saying you can't express yourself, but a lot of people will tune you out because they don't want to hear that and and something like that or you don't want to be the Debbie Downer of the the, of the or anything like that so you know sometimes you want to say it but it has to be said because without awareness and without talking about it it can't change so I mean thank you for coming on I really I really do appreciate you actually forcing me to come out and talk about it as well so you know it's my pleasure and and you know to me I'm sorry I relate things to addiction because that's what I've been speaking on for 20 years but like there's there was all this stigma right yeah and 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 we had this culture you know there was a time when Johnny Carson Dick Van Dyke Mary Tyler Moore they were all coming they were going to come out and share how AA had saved their life and that they were sober because so the people would you know the stigma would be lessened and then the war on drugs came and all these people went back into the closet and right. I think the war on drugs messed so many things up. And so I feel like when we can talk about it and make it safe, um, and it is such a tense subject, you know, and I, my cousin did research and evidently my family at one point had some slaves and I'm like, that's horrible. Right. You no, know? but right. I just think, I think we have to talk about this or we're, it is systemic. It's, it's like, it's, it's like if I had cancer and we cut all around my body, except where the cancer was, you know, like we can talk about things. Yes. We need to deal with police brutality, but you know, I, I just watched part of 13th again. I watched it a while ago and I really am starting to see the systemic thing. And I think, you know, we're all human. We're all, Selfish is how we survived as a species. Like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And I think one of the conversations, if we can talk with white people instead of like, you know, just like have them see that it hurts them too. Like, even if you're in a bubble, deep down now, I realize I am in a total bubble. And I'm not okay with that anymore. Like, and I was in survival mode, you know, sometimes you just got to like do your own thing. Cause you got to like pay the bills. And I had an eviction and tenants and all this stuff, but 
you know, like I'm realizing it's not okay anymore for me not to be in this conversation and not to do service. And I have mentored kids at risk and I, I have spoken for free at places, but it's like, I really want to step up my game. Right. Um, and, and I, and I want to keep talking about, you know, how pe I didn't realize racism was as rampant as it was. And of course, I love to blame the orange guy in office. <laughs> and I realized, you know, unfortunately, this is a whole systemic generational thing. And he's just been like a lightning rod. Um, so yeah, and, and so economy's like, I'm trying to educate myself. I'm trying to think what's the next best step. Um, I, I used to try to call people African-American. Now I'm saying black, because I think that's like the better way to do it well yeah that's what i heard i even educated myself because like not all people of color are from africa so I'm right it makes sense you know yes. and and also i'll share this with you so one of my dearest friends david burton he was my mentor in toastmasters he was a black man and beautiful spirit inside and out the first time i saw him speak i was like honey i wanted to throw my panties at you like <laughs> he had this charisma and heart and like, and he, it was so interesting because he was really good at coaching other people. Mm -hmm. And he was in commercial real estate on the upper East side of Manhattan, which is like Lily, Lily white. And they put him there because they thought he would fail and he kicked ass. Like he's amazing. And so he, and he's hired me to help him build his coaching business. And I, and so he's having all these conversations and he shared with me that his black friends didn't like him because they said he was too white he was a toby <laughs> yeah. and so i really get like there's so many layers of stuff here <laughs> right yes it is because yeah I, I faced that as well because is we can have racism amongst our own people too so right and it's and i and i think from a spiritual point of view i feel like it's ego easing god out right and, and it's that other, it's the tribal and it's the fear. And so when we can choose love and go, what if there's abundance? What if we just need to re knock all these systems down and rebuild them from a different conscious place? With all due respect to white men, woo, they have the patriarchy, holy shit, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, and I'm very spiritual. And like, I was on a phone call this morning and my accountability buddy was like, well, what's your relationship with God and what he and he, 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 and I said, you know what? I'm not, I can't, I can't hear the he, I can't do it. Right. Right. I cannot do it. I love God. I love universe. God is power, but I, I cannot hear Lord and he one more minute. And I bet you, I, I you know, <laughs> that's so a whole other conversation as well. Yeah, that, she's like, don't go there. And like, that's, a one no, woman show. That's, that's another 20 minute conversation. We can end. Right. Right. So, you know, and I'm, I'm just, so I'm trying to like read and learn and watch and listen and try to guide my, my middle-aged white lady friends. Um, and I'm just trying to share because my, my new VA is black and she's amazing. And we had just started with George Floyd and I, I said, I'm really hesitant, but I feel moved to say this. And we just had such a cool conversation. And then like, I went to the UPS store. Now I live alone. I'm very connected emotionally, but I have not had a hug since March. 
And I've been super careful because I take care of an older person, you know. So I went to the UPS store and it was like my first outing in weeks. And all four gentlemen working there were young black men. And everybody's on, people are waiting outside in line. And this one guy was helping me because I was getting a, a box. And I, I was scared, T, but I said, how are you doing? And he goes, I'm hanging in. I thought it was a really cool conversation. I asked where he grew up and where he lived now and he lives in Bloomfield. And, and um, I said, I'm worried that people are gonna say, where have you been? And he's like, you know what? I'm just happy you're saying something now. Right. And I get choked up because he, he was so graceful with me. And that has been my experience over and over and over with my experiences of black and brown people. And I'm sorry if that's not the correct term. I, you know, I, I'm, I try to keep up. Um, I was so moved by his grace and, and his willingness to kind of like, we're both like in masks at the UPS store, but we had like this humanity, this moment. And then one of his other coworkers kind of came in. And when I was leaving, they both gave me their cards. And I don't know why. I see you and you see me. And I don't know why, just every time I tell that story, I just get so choked up. Part of it is I'm, I'm polite, but who I am, sort of like this impatient middle-aged woman who's like, okay, great, thanks. Uh-huh, can you, can you help me do this thing? Okay, please, thank you. Like, I say please and thank you, but really who I'm being is impatient, <laughs> impatient <laughs> white woman. <laughs> and not like I'm a superior, but just like, God, I gotta, gotta look, I gotta get shit done. I gotta get stuff done. I go into masculine, go, go, make it happen, Wait, things on, you know, but that costs me, and then I'm being not as nice as I can be, people, like, my humanity, and they lose their humanity, you know, right. so, and, and I'm worried that people are going to be like, okay, like, one conversation, and you got a business card, but for me, it was just very, it felt scary, W. Kamal Bell says, you know, all my white friends are freaking out. And he's like, we're so scared. We're going to make a mistake. He's like, you are, you are going to make mistakes, but do it anyway. Come do the work with us. Right. So that's, exactly. that's what it is. That's what I'm doing. I've always been led by my heart T. Oops. Okay. Sorry. You were saying that's what it is moving well, from your heart. I think like, so you hit the, you hit the, the, the head on the nail is people just want to be seen. And, and, and same thing with black people. We just want to be seen. White people just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. And so, like I said, it's, it's you know, it's, it, the conversation is what's going to get the, you know, get it going. And like I said, sometimes people have to realize that we're more alike than we are different. It, it may be a different skin tone, but you can feel jealousy. I can feel jealousy the same way. It's just in different, different body spirits and our experience is going to be the, the different factor. So you having a conversation and just acknowledging that you see them. That's really what we, we just want to be acknowledged. We just want to be seen just like everybody else, not just by the color Isn't of our skin. Isn't so true? Our personality. Yeah, and human to human. You know, I started a yoga practice about 12 years ago, and I'm so grateful because it, you know, I feel like if you're sensitive at all, we walk around and we get stuff, we take on other people's stuff, and I, I'm walking around with all this stuff that's not even mine, you know, energy work. But I used, I love to, to go to yoga and sweat it out. And it, it's like a daily ritual almost. Um, because I believe, I believe that, yes, I, I think our cultures change the way we think. But deep down, I believe humans, we want to love and be loved. We want to know that our life made a difference here. 
unfortunately, a lot of people are still in survival, right? A lot of people are just hanging on, working on food, clothing, shelter. And then the rest of us, you know, we have some tremendous opportunities here. You know, I think, I think the definition of success, I used to think, oh, well, it's a, a nice house with stuff right. and I'll have, I'll be able to finally have a dinner party. Like that was my, I don't need a mansion. I'd rather have lots of small houses, other places or something. Right, right. Um, but I always thought like that was quote, the, one of the definitions of success that we see in the magazines, whatever. But I've been realizing there's such this, the opioid crisis, right? And then there's so many people who are like alone in these huge houses and they're lonely and depressed. And I'm like, maybe we're not designed, maybe we're supposed to live communally. Maybe, you know, like maybe we're supposed to keep learning from the in, indigenous people and from other places like in Sweden or Norway, they have a thing where families have their own like bedroom wing and bathroom, but then everybody comes in the kitchen, dining and living there. Now, obviously you'd want to make sure you're with cool people, but like, <laughs> and it's, it's cheaper. I don't know. Like, and because I'm, you know, I have a boyfriend, but we're not going to move in together. So I'm like, I may end up becoming like a golden girl's house, you know, with other cool women. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But, you know, right. right. Who knows? I may be in a, a, a yerk or irk or something. <laughs> so listen, I think I got a track there. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I, I really want, um, before we wrap it up, where can people find more information about you and what you do? Okay, thank you. Thank you for asking. I am so excited, T. Um, I just watched my second episode of my podcast, Still Human. I do teach people about video and how to tell their story. I do free training. So if you come get on my list, um, I'd love to do that because I'm on a mission. I want to help heal the world with love and laughter. And I need a lot of people to help me. <laughs> I need a big posse. Right, right, right. So... I, I hope that, I feel like I rambled a little bit, but you know, I, I guess I'm so glad we could at least start this conversation. And um, it's so great to be reminded that we have more alike, we're more alike than we are different. But at the end of the day, I think we want to make a difference and to yeah. love and be loved. Yeah, I want to be seen. Like I said, I just want to be seen. And so that's a really uh, kind of a reason why I created the podcast because we have stories. We all have stories. You don't have to be famous to have a story, you know? So thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your story. And so, like I said, um, we had a little bit of audio problem, but I will make sure that we have all the links to Elaine and stuff in the comments. So I thank you for being on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you, T. You have such a beautiful smile and energy and when we get organized, I want you to come on ours for sure. We just, we haven't graduated to guests yet. <laughs> I would be honored. And I also want to thank for those who, who checked in. Feedback is always welcome. Email me if you have any guests or show ideas. Links, it will be posted in the comments. And like I said, we had a few audio issues, but we'll, we'll, we'll get you the information that you need. Please like, share, and subscribe. And remember, take things in stride. Go with the flow and create your own path. And again, thank you, Elaine, for Elaine for being here. It was an honor. And oh, thank you, T. And everyone who tuned in, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Coffee with Tea. And we'll see you back here next time. All right. Have a great day. Share with us. What was one of your takeaways from today's show? 
Post your answers in the comments.